Okay, you could start whenever. Welcome back to another episode of the Born Again Again podcast. I'm Katie. And I'm Joe. We're an ex-Christian couple learning how to live on the other side of religion. On this podcast, we'll talk about our journey, reasons we left the church, things we're going through now, and ways we've grown since. Today, we're going to be talking about our experience with Crew, uh, <laughs> formerly known as Campus Crusade for Christ. I don't know how many of you were involved in Crew, but I feel like it was pretty common for us <laughs> or like in the Midwest to uh, experience it in college. Yeah, I think it's like pretty popular across the nation. If, if you don't know, it's a, a college campus-based uh, Christian evangelical Ministry, organization, organization group. Yeah, basically they had like every week they would have a 40 minute or hour long meeting. It was, it was like a church service. Yeah. Um, it, but was it was started run, run by like young crew staff people and it was all college kids there. So it was supposed to be young and fun and a good place on campus for Christians to meet and have fellowship with each other. That's true. And the very first time I ever went to a crew meeting was actually at UW Madison. I went there for two years. And it was huge. And it was the first time I'd ever experienced uh, anything like it, like cool Christians. And I was so astounded by it. I was like, what is this group? Why is everyone so cool? <laughs> yeah. And like, but, so did you liked it? I, I was surprised by it because I just didn't think that Christians could be that way. Well, because at that point you were Lutheran, right? Yeah. I was. Okay. So yeah, it was probably kind of a shock. <laughs> it was. It was like a shock to see so many young Christians, I think, because I had only been around <laughs> previously, had only been around older ones, yeah. I guess. So your church growing up, you didn't really have many like youth ministry kind of things. No. Yeah. I didn't have that. Or so like by contrast, my church growing up, we had youth groups and a lot of like youth programs and stuff. And so it kind of, to me, it seemed like crew was kind of born more out of my family's style of church, mm. like non-denominational mm -hmm. churches rather than yours. Yeah, that's so true. Um, I think it was definitely non-denominational. Yeah. And I think they even say they're a non-denominational Christian organization. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you go to their website, it's crew.org. They have a list of beliefs. And I was looking through there when we were preparing for this podcast, and it's basically everything that we believed when we... I don't know, we're at our the height, the peak of our Christianity, except just all you have to do to that list is add the spiritual gifts, mm -hmm. and then that's like basically what we believed when we were Christian. Yeah. yeah. We believed what crew believed, but just like a little bit spicier. A little bit spicier, yes. <laughs> um, okay, so we wanted to have a disclaimer about this episode uh, before we kind of jump into our, our experience, and it's just to say that we're just going to be describing our experience in crew and we made a lot of really good friends and we have a lot of good relationships and we have a lot of good memories from crew. So we definitely don't want to offend everyone. And this isn't everybody's experience. We just wanted to share ours. Yeah. And I wanted to say too, I think this, our experience with crew is probably pretty experience, probably pretty similar to other people's experience with other evangelical college ministries. Cause like we, you and I were a part of InterVarsity. Yes. Um, and I think that's super similar to crew mm -hmm. and there's like navigators, which I haven't ever been to that, but I, my understanding is that that's also really similar to crew. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when we were, when we met, I guess we met at college and the first thing we ever did together was actually meet up at one of these groups. And I think it was inner varsity yeah. actually that we met up at. Right. Um, but then recently after, or like, Right away after that, we switched to crew. And I don't really know. I can't really remember why. But I we, think we switched because of the day. Honestly, I think InterVarsity was on Tuesday nights and crew was on Thursdays or something. And it was just more convenient to go to oh, one yeah. over the other. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Because they like at our campus, at least they were like literally the same people. Like, yeah, we all went the to, same people went to both both groups yeah because our school was really, really small. And so I think the Christian kids just wanted like to be involved in as many things as they could. Yeah. And, and yeah. And it was, so it was kind of fun. If we went to crew, we weren't really missing out on the university crowd mm -hmm. much. Right. Um, so we got involved. We really liked the leaders there. We made some really good friends. And then as like, as it goes, I think with most people, we started getting more and more involved and mm -hmm. crew has a ton of, uh, conferences 
And so they just have a lot of events in general. Like yeah, they're and they're always, always doing advertising something and advertising for a next the next event. Come yeah. with me yeah. to this event. Come with me to this event. There's always someone um, standing up like after a meeting and saying. I went to this event last year and it was so great and it really changed me and here's my testimony and then inviting other people to come. Yeah. And you're you're right that they do <laughs> they always use they always phrase it that way. Come with me to this event and mm-hmm. they'd always use like a cool upperclassman, someone that a lot of people knew and a lot of people liked and they would be the ones who would like give their story about their experience at this event last year and they would always end with like I encourage all of you to come with me to this thing this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So some of the retreats and the conferences they had were called Fall Retreat, TCX, Women's and Men's Conference. They had a summer project, which, which yeah. was basically like a summer missionary trip for mm-hmm. about three months or so, yeah. two months. Right. Um, so they had all of those things. And we'll like share maybe further on down this story, like how we were involved or what some of them were like. Right. But... It was the men's and women's conferences that we went to when we were about to graduate that really like changed our path and yeah. really like catapulted us further into the crew system. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that conference would have been like the beginning of our last year in college. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and at that point we had like our whole time in college, we had been kind of ramping up our involvement and we were pretty involved in crew at that point. Like I was playing uh, we were playing music in the worship band, mm-hmm. right? Like leading yeah. the worship band. Yeah, um, that's true. And I don't remember what else we did. I might have had like a Bible study group even at that point. We might have a discipleship been, group or something. We were each being individually discipled. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, like every week we yes. would meet with the crew leaders outside of the normal crew meeting. Yeah. And we would talk about how to evangelize people more. And yeah. Stuff. We'd work on our walks with yeah. faith. I met with a woman and you met with a man. Of and, course. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah. So anyways, w- at this point we were going to these men's and women's retreat and we, this was kind of like the peak of our involvement and in crew, um, as college students. Mm-hmm. And so these retreats were, um, held every fall and I think they were winter time or yeah, but it whatever. Matter. Um, but yeah, so they separated the men and the women and us men, we would go and talk about like sexual purity. I feel like that was always the kind of the main topic. Yeah, and maybe they had a different about. theme, like, I don't know, different theme each year, but it was always kind of about sexual purity, um, mm-hmm. and being a strong man and being a good Christian leader and stuff like that. And then what did you guys talk about? I don't Do remember. remember. No, it doesn't really just matter, like I suppose. being a woman of God, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so at this, this event, uh, and this was the first time we had ever been to this one, Towards the end of the event, they had a bunch of long presentations um, and talks and stuff about the the different opportunities they have for graduating college students um, to join crew on staff mm-hmm. to like get paid to to do crew. Yeah, um, basically. Yeah, and for us, that it was like perfect timing for us, and I'm sure they kind of have it planned out that way, where the well, seniors they go to that did. event. They yeah. definitely had it planned out. Yeah. You know, like you're a college student, you're graduating from college, you have like a really tightly knit group and crew, you have all your friends there, you don't want to leave, mm-hmm. and you don't know what you're going to do, you don't want to go find a job. So they're like, here, here's a job. Would you <laughs> yeah. like to intern? Yeah, and it's right. like perf- it's perfectly geared for your like post graduating right. college mind of like wanting to be accepted, not wanting to leave your friends. So right. I wonder if that actually is like the main purpose of that conference in crew's eyes. I wonder if that's kind of like their uh like staff harvesting conference every year. You I mean, know? knowing the back end of of them, I would say that there's a lot of strategy involved. And right. I would say that yes, there's probably a really big reason for yeah. that conference. I think that it was everything that weekend was built up and the last thing that happened were those presentations right. that said, Hey, you can be involved in crew this way. You can intern or you can be part time, full time staff. Yeah. And here's what you do. Right. And we were like, Oh my gosh, like, you know, we didn't see all of what I just said. We didn't see it like yeah, that. We just not. thought, Oh my gosh. God is speaking to us. Mm-hmm. Um, he's telling us, like, this is what we should do. Because at the time, we really felt called to missions. We felt that, like, why bother doing anything else? Right. Be- because God is the most important person in our life. Yeah. Like, how can people just have regular jobs? Like, this is, like, 
you know, you especially, and I mean, even even I, I was like, it's pointless to have a regular job. Right. You know, why do, does anyone go to work? We should all be working for God, for the kingdom. We yeah. should all be spreading the word. Like, this is the most important thing in the world. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah, we were feeling that really strongly. Yeah. I was getting a degree in computer science and you had a degree in math. And so mm-hmm. both of us, like our worldly professions, our worldly options for a profession were like, like you just said, really kind of like boring, non-godly, I guess. Pointless. Point, they us. seemed pointless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that conference, we, we both were at that. And by the end of the conference, we were so hyped up and on a spiritual high. And then they gave us presentations about joining crew. And I remember talking to you afterwards. Yeah, we texted. Like, hey, what do you think about this? Because like, we weren't together when right. we were having them. So we, when we texted each other and we both felt the same thing, we thought that it was like God aligning yeah. our paths because we are already engaged at this point, I think, right? I'm pretty sure we were engaged. Yeah, yeah. And so we were like, this is perfect for us, you know, like newly married couple. We both want the same things. God's mm-hmm. calling us both to the same thing. And we've had prophecies over us actually at like house churches that – People have spoken over us and said that they they saw us together working oh, yeah. as a couple, helping other couples in yeah. God, like or just like being a leader for couples or something. And we like we thought that was so cool, and we really wanted to live up to our prophecy. We took it seriously. We took it seriously. Yeah. yeah. So we were like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> it so was perfect. We, yeah. yeah, it seemed like everything was perfect. So we told our leaders that we wanted to be involved, and then like they got us all signed up and set up. And the first thing that we had to do was raise support. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so this was, we got married in May, the end of May. And then that next summer, right before the school year started, we raised support. Yeah. And so just for anyone who's not familiar, like any missionaries or most missionaries, I guess, um, you have to basically go around to all of your family and friends and then like the network of your family and friends. And you have this presentation you give and basically you're going around to different people and saying, Hey, this is what I'm hoping to do. We're going to be on campus doing this or that. Um, would you like to give money basically to me so that I can focus all of my time on evangelizing instead of focusing it on like going to a normal job? Yeah. Um, and that's pretty common. That's pretty common in like yeah. any even like non like religious stuff, right? organizations. Yeah. Like yeah. raising support, like for a good cause. So that mm-hmm. like, that's basically your income and you're not like making like a ton of money, you know, you're just like having the, the money for like basic needs so that you can like go to call like go to the college and yeah. do what you need to right. do. Um, but so yeah, as a, as a beginning part of the raising support, we had to go through a bunch of training um, and we got some binders and we got booklets and we got a series of videos to watch. Do you remember? No, I don't remember. The there was videos. a lot, there was a ton of stuff, but I remember there was like a website we had to go through and we had to do different modules and like watch videos about things and listen to stuff. I think like talks from people. I'm sure. It was sure. all in our binder. Everything was very pre-programmed. Like they had a booklet for everything yeah. and a binder for everything. There really was a binder for everything. Um, <laughs> It's like Leslie Nope style. Yeah, <laughs> totally, for sure. Um, so we had these binders and we we practiced them. This is the thing I mainly remember. I remember this binder because mm-hmm. we had to read it word for word. And I remember reading it through the first time and just being like, really? We have to read this word for word? Because it seemed so sales pitchy to yeah. me. And I was like, this doesn't, this seems so strange for me to have to call up an old family oh. friend and then read from this binder. Yeah. I can just imagine them looking at us like, you guys want to be a little bit yeah, more personal yeah. or like, it, do you want was, to talk to us? <laughs> it was like all those books we read, like those old school, like 1960s personal development books yeah. where they talk about like a salesman and like the salesman went up to the door and he changed his approach on how to sell and it netted him 1.5 times more sales. That's or exactly what it is. Because the book, the pamphlets sounded like, or the, the binders rather sounded like they were written in the sixties. Well, as like I know a that salesman. it was probably updated a bit, but like this organization was founded by Bill Bright in 1951. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's got to be like the height of like salesmen, like <laughs> right. yeah. uh, in America, uh-huh. you know, right. I don't know. Yeah. And I feel like that approach <laughs> is very similar. Right. Um, so there was before even the binder, we had to read word for word when we called people. So we were like literally sitting in our apartment, yeah. reading us, calling people, reading a script like, hi, I am involved with Campus Crusade for Christ, and it has been a really great experience for me. I would love to talk to you more about 
my experience, would you have any time for me to come over to your house <laughs> and tell you about it? Oh, yeah. And I literally. felt like so bad being invasive because I literally, I didn't want to read the script. I literally wanted to be like, hi, like, I just want to be upfront with you. We're raising support. Yeah. And if you're not interested in giving, I won't waste your time in coming to your home. But we weren't allowed to say that. Right. We had to just read yeah, the script. It was weird. And the thing that made it weirder was that we weren't just calling people. We were calling like our family and our friends and then friends of our family and friends. Yes. So it felt, I felt so, I don't know. I felt really bad being so salesy mm-hmm. to people who kind of knew us, you know, or I know. who our friends knew. I um, know. It was like, if you guys ever have seen the office, the episode where Michael gets a second job at the telemarketing place and he, <laughs> yeah. and his boss, they have a meeting and he's like, just read from the script, yeah. like word for word yeah. from the script. Like, uh-huh. and he kept going off script and having good conversations and his boss would be like, read from the script. Right. It's like, the script works. How... It, was, it was just like that I actually because that we, on our regular checkups with like our, our crew leaders who were kind of assigned to help us through the support raising process, they would always encourage us like, make sure you're reading the script as it is. I know it feels weird sometimes they would say, but like, but the script works. It's been it's been tested and proven over the last <laughs> thirty years. Like the script really works. That's so just read that. Creepy. Yeah. Um. So there was like there were certain sections in it that it said like insert personal story about the above, and you would tell like a story <laughs> that you had talking to a student. Yeah. So like there are those moments, but it was very it felt very forced, right? Especially to someone like me who like it's really important that I am very, very honest and very authentic. Yeah. It was really hard for me. It was really hard for you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So we did that and it was really hard. Yeah. It it was way harder than we thought it was going to be. Because I think of us being non-authentic and also um, us really wanting to do this, loving Mm -hmm. God and loving Jesus and wanting to share the gospel, but sometimes feeling that crew was holding us back. Yeah. I think we started to feel that way pretty like right away, basically, Mm -hmm. because like I said, we were so, so like amped about being able to do this Mm because this was like my lifelong dream basically was Mm -hmm. to just think about God and like talk to people about God all day. Yeah. You know, that's, that sounded like the perfect dream job for me. So essentially this is kind of what we were working towards over the summer. But yeah, right when we started to go through that training and we started realizing how uncomfortable it was to read this weird like business sales pitch to our Christian family and friends, yeah, I think it really took the wind out of our sails. It didn't feel like God to us. To yeah. us, God was like very powerful, More very spirit-filled, yeah. very spiritual. Like he was moving, he was doing miracles, and this was very stale. Yeah. And and we had, I think at this point too, we had also just started going to Living Light. Yeah. Yeah. We started going to a more charismatic, like spirit filled Pentecostal kind of church Uh right around that time. And it was like very, it was, it made God very real to us. Yeah. Well, also at the, right at the beginning of this time, we had gone to the Cornerstone Festival. Maybe some of you are familiar with that. It's just a huge Christian music festival that was in like the middle of a farm field in Mm -hmm. Illinois, which we loved. It was (laughs) super fun and super hot and tons of like young, cool punks and metalheads. Wearing really toms good. and having yeah. tattoos, yeah, getting just, like tons of gauges and like super skinny. Hawks. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So anyways, we went to that festival, which was like super spirit filled and all about creativity and super artistic and all that. So like coming out of that really whatever that sect of things and going back into crew and trying to like read these weird 1960s sales scripts to people was really hard. Mm -hmm. I think we just like the momentum we had coming into it and the motivation we had to do it really got knocked down right away when we started getting into the support raising process. We realized how many rules there were to spreading the gospel. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And so, well, so like we, we did it. We raised support. We, um, well, we didn't do it. We weren't able to get the full, full support. Like, Mm -hmm. and by that, I mean, we weren't able to raise what they said was the full salary for each of us. We raised only one full-time salary. So Mm -hmm. what happened is we ended up feeling like really ashamed because like that meant that like we didn't do it well enough. Mm -hmm. Like we weren't good enough. We let God down. Let God down. And so like we started the, we talked to our, you had to do, you had to raise support by August 1st, I think, so that we could have a month of training before this school mm-hmm. uh, year started. And we told our leaders and they said, okay, here's what you can do. You could do part-time internship. And so we decided that, I mean, that we would do that. Like it was either that or like 
what give back all the money we had already yeah, raised. Yeah, it was. We, if we didn't do that, then I think we would have had to call everyone and tell them what happened, and we would have had to give back all the money, and then we would have to find other jobs or something. Yeah. So first, but, like we started it feeling like really bad about ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they might have. I don't remember if they gave us extra time or not. But I remember one experience we had raising support actually that left a big impression on us too oh, yeah? was yeah when we had driven like across our state to go visit my aunt and uncle who are christians and we were asking them for support just like we did for everyone else mm-hmm. and so we drove out and we went to their house and we sat down and we had like iced tea with them and had a long conversation and went through our presentation and everything and then just had a long conversation with them like outside of the binder about what we wanted to do and what we were excited about and stuff mm-hmm. Um, and I remember we got so, so disheartened by that one meeting because she told us that, um, she like loved that we were excited about sharing God's word and loved that we wanted to devote ourselves to this, but that she didn't want, she wasn't going to support us and wasn't going to give us any support because, uh, she said we didn't look like missionaries. I was so upset by that. Because I had gauges. And, and so did I. And you did too. I had a nose ring. Yeah. And we dressed like we shopped at Zoomies. I don't yeah, know. Like I don't know. whatever. I was really upset by that because I felt that like even as a Christian at the time, and I feel like I think that there's like tons of Christians who would also agree with me when I say that like you don't have to look apart to be a Christian yeah. and spread the gospel. Right. And I was just thinking so much in my head, who's going to spread the gospel to the kids who look like me? Right. Yeah. If not me, yeah. you know, like I always thought God made us certain ways so that we could reach different groups of people. Right. And I so strongly believed that I was called to, to talk to the kids who liked hardcore music and yeah. wanted tattoos and stuff. And yeah. like, I like thought that that was my group. Right. You know? Well, and I think if we would have continued to be Christians, that was our group. And that's great. You know, well, but yeah. I think the thing that was probably really frustrating was that when we started getting into crew, we got discouraged because we felt like, well, these Christians, the crew people have like a weird businessy way of doing things that doesn't really align with our idea of what Christianity and like spreading the gospel is. And then we talked to my aunt who, apparently also is like a different kind of Christian who doesn't believe that doesn't believe in our way of spreading the gospel either, which means us not wearing just solid colors and having no, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what she wanted us to wear and look like, but I went home and cried my eyes out that night and felt so discouraged. Um, Yeah. That's like, I actually like a really horrible memory for me. <laughs> so right. It's like great thinking about it again. But that yeah. hers wasn't the only meeting where we felt just so discouraged after though. I, I remember there were a few where like basically people told us they didn't want to support us because they didn't agree with like something crew was doing or some way that we were saying we were going to spread the gospel. And it just felt like so frustrating as Christians, we're trying to devote ourselves to God and like yeah. the other Christians are like, Oh, you're actually not doing Christianity. Right. So I'm not going to give you money. You know? <laughs> That's like actually like a theme. That's a theme of like any yeah. kind of reading Christian forums. Yeah, like nobody right. is ever doing it the right way. Right. But it's, it's funny because even if somebody would reach out to me about crew now, I would say the same thing. Yeah. I don't support the ministry. Right. Um, but so I can totally understand when someone's, when, looking back when people would say that to us, but I just can't like get past the whole, you don't look like a missionary. That was the worst one. Yeah. I felt yeah. like that was the most, um, like cutting, yeah. uh, because kinda, like hypocritical, I don't know. The God that she believed in was not the same God we believed in. If, if that was like such a problem for her, you know? Yeah. I mean, and that's another reason why like we, there was, there's just so much confusion within it, like within denomination and there's denomination after denomination and there's like ways of believing in God, like, ap- like so many different kinds of ways you mm-hmm. can. And I feel like eventually like, why is this the case? Why didn't God just make it easier? Right. But that's a different story. Yeah. So we, okay. So we came into the school year. We're going to be part-time interns now. Mm-hmm. And so a month before we go into some training, we had to go, we would drive up to Milwaukee and do training with the other intern, mm-hmm. one of our really good friends. Yeah. Who was going to be working on the campus with us. And so we, since we were part-time, we only worked on one campus. He worked on two. He mm-hmm. worked on, we worked on UW Parkside and we worked on you. And he also worked on UW Madison, Milwaukee, Milwaukee. I'm yeah. sorry, Milwaukee. Um, so, so that was fine. Like we were kind of beyond past 
like feeling bad about it. We're like, let's just get into this. This mm-hmm. is great. Like it'll be really great. And yeah. it was. We we went into it and some of the things that we were involved with were the like leading worship. I played guitar and I sang and Joe played drums. Then we had two other people on the band with yeah. us uh, who were just students. And, and then that was fun. And yeah, it was we fun. Yeah. We loved our band. Mm-hmm. Um, we like got to meet with them. We prayed with them, and it was we loved those people. We got to play all the Christian songs we liked. Yeah, from our church. And uh-huh. Stuff. And we, I yeah, got to be was... told that I needed to stop like bringing up new songs and play like the older ones. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, we sometimes would give talks. Uh, I don't really remember giving one, but I think that you gave a couple. Yeah. And then I gave one about the lordship of Christ, and I remember it was like very, very. Uh, it was very strong. Fundamentalist. Very legalistic. Legalistic. Yeah, like, basically, like, you better stop sinning or you can't call yourself a Christian. Whoa. It was strong. I, don't, <laughs> I apologize for that. If that left an impression on anyone, hopefully it didn't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we also, some of our duties were to disciple students. And that discipling is basically like you're a spiritual mentor. And so we each were assigned one student and once a week we talked with them, like mm-hmm. just basically they had questions like about their walk with faith or like prayed with them. Or it's, and then we also had a binder that had things that we needed to go through yeah. with them. There, yeah, that's true. The discipleship was all bindered out too. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. And then we also each led a Bible study and we had a binder for that. Mm-hmm. And then another really big part of our uh, time was evangelizing random students yeah. on campus. That was like probably half the time. It was a lot. It was very nerve wracking. Even as somebody who really believed that God was real and I loved like everything that he was doing in my life, it was still very, very scary for me to evangelize yeah. these random kids. Well, and because so we were on campus as staff members, but it's not like we had like a uniform or something, you know, and we were the same age as most of the kids who were at school. So we're just because we are just one year older. Yeah, so we look right. exactly the same. Yeah. yeah. So we look the same and we're wearing the same clothes and stuff. So like to them, to the people we were evangelizing to, it just seemed like we were college students, like a random college student coming up to coming up to you and talking to you about God. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was a big part of what we did. And we yeah. had, a, like you said, we had a binder for that. And we had um, a notebook to keep track of how many people we talked to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we had to keep track of how many people prayed the prayer. Yeah. Wait. So I want to talk about that okay. after. Okay. But like we, so one of the, th- uh, one of the things that was like really hard for us and very, um, I don't know, I don't, I want to choose my word correctly here, but just like, just discouraging and strange about crew was their evangelist evangelistic tactics and it's funny because we talk about this all the time we've never talked to anyone about crew who had this experience yeah and i i don't know if you guys have seen that show westworld where all the robot people when they look at something that should like shake them up they're like oh that doesn't look like anything to me i feel like if we ever talk to anyone about this like about this stuff to any other crew member they would say huh that doesn't sound like anything to me. Exactly. Like, I, exactly. I don't know why, but I, I feel like if you felt these things in crew or like the next things that we'll talk about now, if you've experienced them, it'd be so great if you could let us know because <laughs> right. we've always felt kind of like, are we the only ones? Yeah, because it seemed like everyone who was in crew loved it. Like yeah. they were all about it, and I loved it. I really, really did. Mm-hmm. There were just some things I felt like were a little bit off. Right. That we they, maybe we shouldn't be doing. Yeah. So. So there are these evangelistic tactics, evangelizing tactics, and they were very bait and switch. Mm -hmm. And so it would be like when campus would, everybody would come back to campus for the new school year. We'd put up posters for like parties or root beer keggers Mm -hmm. I've seen recently, or like come like to this dance party. Like, and um, then what would happen is we would have like kids come and we would, like invite random kids in the hallway, give them flyers. Like it's going to be a party. It's going to be fun. None of these things said anything about God or religion on it. No. And then at the end we would just invite the the crew or some kid would stand up and give their testimony and Mm -hmm. it would totally, it would totally be a bait and switch. Like, and you could see the kids faces like, Oh, I just wanted to like have fun. (laughs) Um, which I feel like is totally acceptable. I think that it's okay to be Christian and then just like have fun with other people, but right. not like always have an ulterior motive. And yeah. I feel like some Christians are that way, yeah. but like in crew, there was the theme of it was always have an ulterior motive. Right. There's everything you say is intentional and you should always lead to a conversation about Jesus. Yeah, you're right. And, um, 
so that was really difficult. I recently saw uh, another tactic that I that just reminded me of. Um, I think I had seen this when we were also in crew, but it happened at bigger campuses where the whole crew organization made this shirt that said something like, "I I stand with or I I'm with like John Davis Davis or whatever like and like." And it would say it in big letters and there would be posters all over the school until eventually people were like, what the heck? Who's this John Davis kid mm-hmm. or whatever his name was there? And then they would get all of this hype around this guy, John Davis. And what is he saying? And what do you mean you stand with him or you agree with him? Yeah. And then they'd have an event. People would come and it would say nothing about nothing about God and Christianity. But then John Davis ends up being like an upperclassman who's super cool and it turns out what he believes is that Jesus saved him and he gives his testimony. And then it's like, Oh, that's what the Here's reason the religion. is. Yeah. And it seems so tricky to me. Yeah. So much of crew felt really tricky. Like to a us. trick, like a yeah. trap. Because like you said, I feel like you put it best when you said like everything we were supposed to say to students when we were talking to them as staff members was very intentional. Mm-hmm. Like the time of day we would go up to the dorms and the way we would introduce ourselves when we opened the door and there the types of events we had. Ev- everything had a strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, which, yeah, that, it, that, I feel like that was one of the things that felt weird to us. Because I, I, like you said, I think our understanding of God was very like personal and very spiritual and very like mysterious and crew to us felt so businesslike. Yes. And so like efficient and I think strategic. it was that that it was business very business like and salesy and thought that God was more fluid and I don't know creative and yeah. spiritual yeah. and like spontaneous spontaneous and right. powerful mm-hmm. then he he shouldn't be put in these boxes but he doesn't need us to use like tricks and if tactics. we needed That's strategies what we yeah. then what's the point like right. who do we think God is I always thought like yeah. these strategies are making a like are like belittling to God. Right. Yeah. I thought, yeah. You know, um, so a couple of other things that we recently remembered that we used, uh, to talk to kids were the solarium cards and the perspective cards. And I recently found out that you can get an app for the solarium pack. And, and what these, both of these cards are basically the same thing. They're like a pack of pictures, like a, like looks like playing cards of, of really pretty uh, nondescript pictures, like maybe a close up of an eye or a picture of a path or like a in the fall or a path in the winter or a picture of an old man laughing, a couple sitting on a bench, you know, like just a lot of like stock pictures that evoke some kind of emotion. Mm -hmm. And what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to be like, Hey, you want to play a game to a random student. Yeah. Imagine, imagine the scenario where you're sitting in the cafeteria by yourself eating subway and Katie or I, uh, come up to you and we say, Hey, like, would you mind if I sit down? I have this game, this like picture game that we want to play. We want to ask you some questions. And you're like, you have no idea what's happening <laughs> so and like, you don't uh, want to be rude because you're in Wisconsin and everybody's nice. Yeah. So you're yeah. like, sure. <laughs> yeah. So that's how it would start. <laughs> and okay. So this, there, this kind of like goes on for a long time, but basically what happens is you're asking the student, like, what three cards would you use to describe your life right now and why? And then like, how would you, what three cards would you use to describe how you want your life to be and why? What card would you use to describe God and why? And then like, would you like to, and basically from there you like start a spiritual discussion Mm -hmm. and then you can be like, Hey, would you like to, would you care to know more about God? Yeah. And some kids would say no, but I feel like a majority would say yes. So like that, there were, so this is the thing. There were so many icebreakers we mm-hmm. had. And like, in order to get them to talk about Jesus and, and in order to talk about Jesus, we had this booklet, of course, and it was called, yeah. yeah, the KGP and it's knowing God personally. Mm-hmm. And I always thought it was weird calling it the KGP because it sounds like that, like, what is it? That Russian KGB. like police force. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't, I don't even know what it is, but I know it has a negative connotation. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, so, so anyway, we would, we would whip out this booklet. It was a tiny little tract. You've probably seen tracts before if you've ever like been evangelized to or tried to evangelize others. Mm-hmm. And it was this little thing that, that said, you know, humans are sinful. We are separated from God. The only way to get to God is through Jesus Christ. And he like needs to sit on the throne of your life. And there would be little Bible verses, but it was very much like a canned response. Right. 
Well, and like so canned responses. that booklet, the KGP, we, as part of our training, we had gone through that a ton of times and they told us like how to read each page mm-hmm. and on each page, where could we insert our own personal oh, story? Yes, yes, I and like they had instructions for us on which page you're supposed to use a pen and circle certain points and like certain diagrams as you're going through oh, it yeah. so that the students would like get more impact out of it. So yeah, we had a whole it was like, very rehearsed. performance around yes. displaying this I booklet to someone. That. Um, yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. It was so it, it, that booklet basically ended up, um, at the point where you ask, would you like to be saved? Would you like to pray this prayer to be saved? And mm-hmm. if they did, then you would pray like basically Jesus, I like haven't had you in my life or like, I admit that I'm a sinner and I want you to be on the throne of my life. Please come into my heart. Um, something like that. Amen. And so we would pray this with the students and that basically was like a win for God Mm -hmm. and for crew. And like you started saying before, we, at the end of the week or at at the end of the month, I can't remember, we had to give in our numbers. We had to say how many people we used the solarium, how many people we approached to evangelize, Mm -hmm. how many people we evangelized to, how many people we read the KGP to how many people read the prayer to be saved. And then there was a final booklet called how to be, or it was about the Holy spirit and it was called satisfied question mark. Oh yeah. And this was another booklet. It looked exactly like the KGP with scripture, same diagrams, everything. And it was about how you could be filled with the Holy spirit. If you're not feeling like if you've been saved, but you feel like you're missing something. Oh, Hey, feelings. Yeah. 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 Hey. Hey. (laughs) So apparently it's okay to feel that you're missing the Holy Spirit and pray for him to be in your heart, but it's not okay to feel like something's off with your religious faith. Okay. Um, so we also had to account for how many people we read the Holy Spirit booklet to. And if you are interested in seeing these booklets or the solarium or perspective cards, you can go to crew.org and I'm not exactly sure like which tabs to click on, but you can find them. Yeah. I just Google crew KGP or crew satisfied booklet and I, you can find exactly, they have like a PDF right. with everything written out and yeah. all of the diagrams. And actually I'd really like to read something from the, their website um, from the perspective cards page. And the perspective cards are basically like the solarium. Yeah. They just have pictures. It's on another them. icebreaker yes. kind of thing to get into evangelism. This, what they wrote about the perspective cards sums up for me what we viewed college students like and what we view um, non-Christians or just people from the world like, basically just like sheep. So it says on the perspective cards, the worldview of the average student grows increasingly irrational and eclectic. And most of the time, they don't even know it. This combination, non-biblical worldview plus lack of self-awareness, can be a huge barrier to the gospel. How can we overcome this obstacle in order to communicate the gospel clearly and effectively? And then basically imagine a new evangelism tool, the perspective card. So <laughs> it's so belittling, it's, man. But that's like the way we thought. Yeah. You know, like it's funny we talk about strategy, and even Bill Bright said that he wanted to, when he started Campus Crusade for Christ, mm-hmm. he wanted to do it with college kids because that's they're at a perfect age yeah. to be proselytized. Right. And we, we actually shared that when we were raising support, we would say to the people we were raising support to like, yeah, we're excited to be on college campuses because we believe that college is a time where kids kind of grow up and they get away from their families and they start to think for themselves, think for themselves. So what, what's a better time than that to like insert the gospel into their minds? Yeah. And what is the, like, you know, they're ready to be harvested. Right. Basically. I mean, how does that, you know, looking back, it even sounds more manipulative than it did at the time, but like it just seems so manipulative. Yeah. I don't know. There's no other word well, for it. Well, it's weird. Yeah, we viewed the the lost, the non-believing college students like sheep, like numbers that we needed to go out and harvest. And mm-hmm. from like the tallies we marked down every time we shared the gospel with someone, or every time someone prayed the prayer. And we to, weren't okay with that. No. So that's the kind of stuff that bothered us. Yes. And yeah. when we we would say it to our leader and i remember mm-hmm. he would be like i know i know just that we need the numbers we need the numbers yeah and like the script has been tested and proven and and know, we, like they would trust. send them then they would send them to like the headquarters mm-hmm. in florida in florida and yeah <laughs> we would, in florida. <laughs> it, and they would just 
they would keep the numbers and what they would do with those is use them for big presentations, I think, to raise support for like from like huge corporations, huge corporations. Yeah. yeah, For their whole organization. Mm -hmm. And I forgot to mention too, when we were talking to a friend about this later on, we were like, yeah, we raise support. And I actually think that a pretty big percentage, it was about 10 or maybe 12% of our support raising went to crew. Mm -hmm. And she was like, Whoa. So it was a pyramid scheme. And I was like, no, it's not. And I was like, wait, wait, was it? Wait a second. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> it, I, I was just thinking like how strange it was that I toiled and stressed out all summer long, raising this money, petitioning all of our family and friends. <laughs> yeah. They used us to reach and then get, and we gave them a percentage of yeah, that. Right. And then like, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was difficult because I remember that year too, we were like especially poor. Right. And it was just really, it was like a hard, it was just hard to live, yeah, like, yeah. you know, and it was also, can you imagine raising money from um, your family and friends for an org- organization that you kind of feel a little bit like leery of and then feeling like, like you go to spend money and you're about to go out to a movie or like you want to buy a new shirt and you're like, uh, crap, should like, I be I using this use money? One. Yeah. Does this glorify God? We had to talk yeah. about that with our leaders so much. Hard. Like. Yeah. I feel like I can't spend any money on right. fun things. Like I have, I'm out of college. I want to buy an Xbox now. <laughs> but I don't think I should use this right. God money yeah, on that. Yeah. So that was <laughs> something. I, actually, it was really hard for us. Um. So um, back to the tactics. Uh, I think the tactics and just like kind of all the bait and switch were was the biggest thing that we had a problem with. Um. But we didn't need to be doing that all the time. So. What happened was we ended up focusing on our discipleship, Mm -hmm. like our students that we were discipling. We ended up focusing on our Bible studies and then um, our band because we did really have a lot of – it's funny, um, the two other members of our band were both like Pentecostal Mm -hmm. kids. And I think that Parkside and like our school is so small that we had a lot of weirder – like and from other different kinds of denomination kids than yeah. maybe like a bigger group at Madison or Milwaukee who right. basically seemed exactly the same. Everyone was non-denominational, yeah. looked exactly the same. Well, because like in Madison, right, didn't like everyone and crew go to that one Black Rock church or whatever? Oh, yeah. or, you know, like they all, a ton of them went to the same church outside of yes. campus. And yes. I don't know, it seemed like at Parkside, none of those kids went to church. Well, our school was unique in that it wasn't it was not a community college. It was a four-year university, but it wasn't like one that a lot of kids lived on campus. A lot of kids lived at home. Yeah. And so we didn't have, there wasn't that kind of a community where people would all go to like the same church. Everybody right. was from different backgrounds. Everybody kind of had their own lives. Right. It kind of made it interesting. The kids were more interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how we had more Pentecostal people. Like, you know, our pianist and our other guitar player, um, he, they were really interested in the spiritual gifts and we would pray with them and pray in tongues and we would pray that we could heal people and we would have times of like just crying with them and like really good, good prayer time yeah, with them. Right. And we were like rogue agents. Well, we were and we did get, we, after the crew meeting, prayed for healing of someone and then afterwards got in trouble for it because yeah. they were like, we don't want to like talk about the spiritual gifts. Like we are trying to be very non-denominational. If they want to believe in that, they can go to another church. Uh-huh. But I know what he really was telling us was that he didn't really even believe right. in it and he didn't want that to be a part well, of the campus they, ministry. They were like nervous about the church we went to and stuff. I yeah. know they had talked to us about that. And that's oh. fine. Yeah. Like that's okay. But we we're, I was like, literally read it in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like what yeah. about this part with the <laughs> yeah. spiritual gifts, the church, the church of acts. We were big into that, you know? Right. Um, so we, yeah, we got in trouble for uh, being a little spiritual, a little too spicy. Um, I really enjoyed my Bible study. I found like notes when we were moving out to New York from, uh, the girls from my Bible study, they wrote me the nicest things, sweetest things. I'd love if I could talk to them now and tell them like, how I feel about it now and yeah. tell them like, sorry for telling not to have sex with their boyfriends, like, or just, sorry you know, for, making, like, shaming them. yeah, making him yeah. feel bad or like, right. Um, I had this one note. I wish I had it in front of me right now, but the girl was said something that made me feel super sad when I read it recently. And it was like, you really showed me like all the areas of my life that I was like falling short and not reaching God. And I was just like, Oh, so sorry. I hope I didn't make you feel bad about yourself. Like, please, like, be in a better place now. Yeah. You know, like, I don't. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, her message, like, her note to me was, like, really nice. Like, at the time, I really loved it. But, like, looking back on it now, it seemed like, you know, 
I brought up to her the fact that she was a sinner. Yeah. You know, right. she, you like I gave her, her a problem and yeah. then gave her the solution for right. it. Yeah. And she never had the problem before then and needed that solution. Right. And I felt like so guilty about that. Yeah. That's but, weird. Yeah. Um, so here we're like, we're kind of nearing the end of our time and crew, right? Uh, yeah. Well, I think, I think we could. I think I'd like to talk actually a little bit more about like your time in crew and it was very different um for men uh in a in a way because men like always talked about like you said before like sexuality like, and sexual purity. Right. And we had a couple of like men's times and women's times that we ran or like were a part of when mm-hmm. we went to our campus and the girls times were always just very like, yeah, let's pray and like, let's like be women of God and this is great. And now we're going to go like have fun and eat together and whatever. And when I would talk to you about your men's times, it would be different. You guys would have a lot more serious conversations about like not, you know, masturbating and like being sexually and pure and not and, having yeah. lustful thoughts. And right. so like, you should share some of that experience. Yeah, it was. It's not like that's the only thing we ever talked about, but that was such a strong theme. Um, like basically trying to help kids who looked at porn and like telling them why that's like impure and why they shouldn't do that and uh, how to like praying with them so that they could be freed from their like lustful thoughts and trying to help them be more sanctified and all that stuff. I, I think a lot of like the one on one. Um, discipleship times they call them I had with students we would talk about more serious things or maybe talk about struggles that the student is having and so many of the times it was about that uh and I wish I've like you I wish so much that I could talk to all those people now all those guys now and be like man I'm so sorry I'm so sorry if I made your college time more complicated or like put that extra guilt on you that you didn't need to have um, because it was weird. I, I remember going into the the freshman dorms mm-hmm. and like knocking on the door and these freshman guys coming out who like just got to school and didn't really know anyone. And me being like, hey, like, do you want to come to a Bible study? I'm having it. It's here every week at this time. Like, you should come on by. I'd love to see you guys there. Oh, yeah, because we had the Bible studies in dorms. So that it was, it... like, super easy for them. Because some it was, like, kids lived on campus. Right. Some kids did. And yeah. we'd have it in the dorm common area. Yeah. Which was probably frustrating for, like, everyone who was not part of the Bible study. But, yeah, um, yeah I feel bad. It was it was manipulative. I like, like you said, I felt like I was kind of tricking these kids into coming because they just wanted friends and wanted to know people. And then I would like tell them how they're sinful and show them that it's shameful to have lustful thoughts towards women and whatever. And Um, you didn't think that at the time, of course. No, no, I didn't at all. I thought I was doing God's work, you know, and it didn't feel like, yeah, it didn't feel like a trick. I felt like I was helping them and like potentially saving them. Um, But yeah, now it, it just feels like it was kind of manipulative. Mm-hmm. Last summer, we were talking about crew again, and it was actually about around the same time that our friend was asking us about it and like, and asked us if it was a pyramid scheme. And you had a memory about like when we were first applying to be interns. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah, you should tell that because you told, you told me the story and I was so upset. And yeah, it's, you should yeah, just tell it. it's, this is like shocking and it's shocking that at the time I didn't really think anything of it, but yes, I think it was actually before we even started raising support, like right when we applied to be on crew staff. Yeah. Cause we had basically, right. it was like a job application. Yeah. You filled, filled out, out an application and then you had to write like an essay or a couple like long answers to questions about like where your heart is and mm-hmm. what you want to do and what your goal is and what you believe about God and Jesus and all that stuff. They wanted to make sure you weren't like, believing in some kind of weird version of Christianity. So anyways, uh, as part of that application, I think you had to write down like if you've struggled with sin or if you have any sins that you struggle with. Mm-hmm. So like that, when I'm saying that right now, it sounds kind of weird, but. But that was a thing you like, that was common at the time that like people would straight up ask you, like, are you struggling with any kind of sin? Like even not in crew, but yeah. like in other like churches or like, they'd be like, what are you, are you struggling with anything right now? Because like, I'll pray for you. But mm-hmm. really like now looking back, seems like 
I just want to know your sin, just and then like I'm going to go gossip. tell it to my like leader, and we're going to pray for you, and everyone's going to know about your sin. That you right? Have. Yeah. So weird. <laughs> yeah. They they would say like it's because leaders especially need to be above reproach. Yeah. I remember they yes. said that phrase a lot. But so, anyways, Katie and I have been like dating at that time, or dating when we applied to be on staff, and I'm sure in my sins that I struggled with probably was like purity with my girlfriend Katie or something. Yeah. I don't remember what I wrote. Um, which the fact that I wrote that down and felt shame about that sucks too. But so as part of the application, we had to have phone calls with some of the leaders as well, like long scheduled phone calls, you know, on Tuesday at seven, we're going to call and I'm going to talk through some of your application and we want to ask you some more questions and stuff. Um, and I had this memory that on that phone call, the guy I was talking to, who was one of our leaders, um, was like, I see on your form, you wrote down that you like, you were having some struggles with, sexual purity uh with katie and i just wanted you to like tell me more about that and i don't remember exactly what i said but i'm sure i said like you know we we make out and whatever and and well like and now looking back it's like who like doesn't like make out and like want to like touch their girlfriend dude of course (laughs) i mean but like i remember feeling so ashamed like telling him Uh he asked me and it's like gives you that shock of like pain in your stomach like oh my oh, god, god i'm so guilty i'm god's like, I'm watching caught. and this person's watching yeah and i remember him asking like so how did you did you touch her like over the clothes or was it under the clothes and like were you guys alone or how was it not how was it like that but <laughs> no. like you know he was like asking so many details about this like one sin that i wanted to do and now thinking about that it's so weird to me that at the time when he asked me what I experienced was like guilt and shame Mm -hmm. telling him that was, I didn't think like, uh, I don't want to tell you this guy. I thought like, Oh my God, I feel so bad. Like I'm so ashamed. I wish I didn't have to say, I wish I didn't have to explain this to you, but I know I've been like sinful. Well, that made me so upset now. Yeah. So now looking back (laughs) on it, I, what in the world? I had to share that part of our like intimate relationship with this random guy who was like holding judgment over me for a job application. And I, I don't How know. How weird is that? Yeah. I feel like even if you're listening right now and you're a Christian, this might not seem strange to you, but like, after leaving, we realized how many times like sexual sin was brought up and how like, in our memory, it's one of the worst things that you can do is have sex or like do was, any like, kind of sexual sin. thing yeah. before you're married. Right. And I, like what I'm just starting to realize this is why a lot of Christians and even us in the beginning of our marriage struggled with like having sex, like a normal sex life, because like we were told so many times that like to feel sexual was a sin yeah. and we were ashamed uh, for it. We were like shamed for it out loud and directly you right. were all the time. And so like, I just see it as like so obvious now that it creates problems. I've heard about other people's marriages where their sex life was ruined because of it. Like it happened to us. We had to overcome it. It's just like when I heard it, I was like, this is, this is like, here's the evidence. Like right. no wonder, yeah. you know, I mean, it, it really like upset me. Yeah. You know, I don't want to like sound like mad or like resentful, but like, <laughs> but you're a little I mad am. and a little yeah. resentful. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I am too. It's just, it's like, it's so frustrating to me that I had to share that part of our relationship with this person who didn't, doesn't like care about us in that way. They just were being a judge and like determining if I was holy or not, holy enough or not, yeah. or like felt bad enough about it to allow me to still be on staff. Yeah. That seems so absurd. Yeah. It was, that was like really hard. Um, and it's weird that memory just came up after like, whatever, three years yeah. being outside of it, it like popped back into my head like, oh, that was something weird that happened. Yeah, I it, wonder if anything else will come up. I think a lot of memories have popped up like that for us. And yeah. like, I'm trying my best to write them down. But like they all like are so they so they all point to all of the problems I deal yeah, with so now. It's like, flags. oh, that's why I have that problem. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. It's kind of um, nice when you find one of those. Yeah, it actually <laughs> is. I think it unlocks the key and helps you heal, really. Right. I feel like over the years, what's really helped us is realizing how we got the problems we did, right. like whether it be from religion or just like from like regular growing up or regular going to school. Like mm-hmm. it's so helpful to realize, oh, that's why I think that way or that's yeah. why I have that problem. Right. Like that really like unlocks the door to me healing from it because now I know where to put my effort or yeah. whatever. Right. Um, so towards, uh, I think like now in our story, we're sort of getting towards the end. And at this point, 
I remember being pretty frustrated with crew and us kind of not knowing that yeah. we wanted it was an, always an option to do it again a second year, yeah, but we, we had decided just renewed it right yeah, without we, like raising support again. I think we could have just kept going. Yes, like we would if you you can only intern for two years and then you have to be like full time full time staff mm-hmm. and you have to like raise support again. But like we had already decided that we didn't want to do it another year because we had all this these feelings and we we felt like it was just us and maybe we just didn't belong in this ministry and no like offense to the other people, but we wanted to be more involved with our our actual church um, and like be on the band and yeah. and spend more time there. And I even had a memory of talking to one of the leaders and expressing some of my frustration with her and her being like, what's wrong? Like, why don't, I don't understand. Like, what are you, who is there someone who's making you feel that way? And like me just trying to, well, I would just try to explain it to her. And it felt like I have a memory of her not just being able to hear my problems. Mm -hmm. And I remember being so frustrated that I, it caused me to get in my car and drive home. And this is, I'm leaving, like literally like in leaving the middle work. Of the work day. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm not p- punched in. Right. And like people could have assumed I was like at Bible study or whatever. But like I literally drove home, went to our bed, kneeled on the floor, like classic prayer style, prayed in tongues and sobbed. Yeah. And like because I was so, so frustrated. frustrated and I felt that God like was being so put in a box through this ministry. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, so that was that's like a good evidence of by the end of our school year with crew, we were feeling pretty frustrated and burnt out. Like all of these things we had talked about, each one was kind of a little thing that bugged us. But like throughout the whole year of doing it, they really added up. And I think we just by the end of the school year, we knew we this isn't right for us. And I think it was that you basically like you said, it just mm-hmm. it felt like this ministry isn't right for us. Mm-hmm. Other people seem to love it. Yeah. But I remember having the discussion with my leader, the man who was like in charge of me, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> the man who was in charge of me. Uh, and I remember him kind of saying like, it's been a little difficult with you this year because I feel like one thing where you could improve is um, like respecting leadership more. <laughs> because throughout cringe. the school year, we were the ones who kept bringing up this stuff. Like, hey, we feel weird I about never this. heard this. Yeah. Oh. I probably didn't tell you because yeah. I knew how much... It would upset you. But yes, I remember sitting in the cafeteria and him saying like, that's we've, if we're honest, I I think one area that you and Katie could improve in are um, just like respecting the leadership that's put above you better. He was like, I know it. sometimes you disagree, but like God says we need to respect our leaders and, and we have this organization in place for a reason. And I think that'd be a good thing for you guys to work on. (laughs) <laughs> and I remember at the, I don't know what I said, but I remember feeling at the time, like, I can't wait to get out of here. You know, I can't wait to not be underneath people who I like fundamentally disagree with. Yeah. You know, it's hard. One of the things that was really nice about being on the other side is that like, and this is something that you, I don't think can understand if you're, you're still a Christian, but the leadership and how we're brought up to only always respect people who are above us or older than us or who have a longer spiritual walk than us. It's like you shouldn't have just because someone is older than you or has been Christian longer. It doesn't mean that they're always right. And yeah, what they're right. telling you is correct. And like even I feel like in I even think in like society, the way we're like or in our with the families, how we're told like to respect our parents and respect teachers. Like we are, we are to respect people, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be allowed to question what yeah, they say. Right. And I think that like, that was something that was deep ingrained in me to question always like what people say and make sure that it's just, it's right. And it's in my best interest and it's not just in their best interest. Yeah. And like, I don't know. Well, it, was, fr- it didn't feel like a real, we didn't feel like we had real like human interactions. We felt like there was always, and we're talk about this more in like an episode about friends, but like as with Christians, it always felt like there was someone who was your older brother, older sister. Like I never felt equal with anyone. There was always, this person's older. They've been, had more experience. You should listen to them. They're always mentoring you. Like, and you're then in turn always mentoring someone beneath you. And you were never actually like friends, like regular friends with people. Yeah. You no, know, there's always an ulterior motive, like either to help them if they're Christian or like be their guide if they're Christian or pray help for you them or whatever. Like it's just like, it's a strange relationship. Yeah. Like, I think too, that the, the thing that was really frustrating is that we didn't feel like we were being like rebellious to the leaders as much as we just were, we brought up the questions and like the problems we had with things mm-hmm. all the time. Um, I, I remember like having a meeting one time and like, 
just literally asking, we were talking about QR codes for so long. And I was like, does anyone, (laughs) does anyone even use QR codes? And I remember everyone being so mad at me and this one guy (laughs) not looking me in the eye and being like, I think that we just need to like learn how to respect each other uh, more. And I, and we just maybe should learn how to be respectful to the group and their opinions. And he was, I remember look, not looking at me and I actually didn't know he was talking about me at first and then later realized, oh, was he talking about me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so touchy. It was very, everyone was super touchy. Yeah. Um, was hard for me who wanted to question. And that was even always. touchy, like touchy for us because we were super, we were like really nice people. I feel like, and especially <laughs> back then, we were more like timid and like really did respect people above us. Yeah. Or, like we're trying to be like really good, you know? So like, like you said, you didn't even realize he was talking about you because that was kind of off our radar. Yeah. I didn't think like anybody a, was, I, I would have appreciated him to be more direct. And then so that I could at least be like, Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to come off that way. Yeah. Right. I right. just was asking, do, <laughs> does anyone need to use these QR codes? Yeah. Cause I feel like we're wasting a lot of time for 25 minutes <laughs> yes. and I can generate one on my phone in a second if we need it. Like we I remember. Need to talk about it. Yeah. 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 So, um, <laughs> anyway. So we didn't like crew. Yeah. So, um, we decided to not go, uh, to the end of the year. There was this conference, this big thing called summer project. And it was basically like the headliner of your experience in crew. And mm-hmm. it's actually kind of unusual. I think that we were so involved in crew, but never went on a summer project. Right. That was like a missions trip. Like you would go to, um, Africa, Ghana was a super popular mm-hmm. one or Southeast Asia. They're going to China, but they never called it that. Should I have said that? Everyone Everybody knows. knows. I mean, okay. Not, yeah. So they would always say they're going to Southeast Asia or Ghana or whatever. And, um, we never, we didn't go on one because we were like, we don't want to, uh, we don't want to do the following school year. So we went on a little or a, a smaller one it was only like two or three weeks and it was called Trek. Is that right? Yeah. 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 And Trek was like at a campground and kids came and we basically like played camp. games and talked about God and it was fun. A Christian summer. Camp. Really liked the kids there. Yeah. Kind of miss them sometimes. Yeah. Like we had a good, was, that was a good year. Right. I, we love the students. Yeah. Well, I love the students and I loved all the conversations I had with the students. Yeah. We had a good time. I it think was we just, just really didn't like the actual the organization, organization or like the way they wanted to do anything it was just like the opposite yeah. of the way we would do it. I wonder how we're coming off right now to Christians if we sound like very rebellious. I know. I wish that they could, they could step into our shoes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, it did sound like we were being rebellious, but it was, like I said at the time, we, we were, we were Pentecostal, but we were also like reading our Bible like all the time. And like to us, what the Holy Spirit was speaking, like what he was saying through the words of the Bible was that God shouldn't be put in a box. Yeah. Like how he right. was. Uh huh. Yeah. So this, the year in crew, it, as we went on, we got more and more uh, disinterested in crew and more discouraged, but our like passion for God in general amped up. I think like the effect yeah. that crew had on us was like, we know this isn't right, but we're like so crazy about the real God. Yeah. You know? So like by the end of our year in crew, we were super amped up on God and it felt like a real freedom to like, once our time in crew was done, it felt like we could pursue god freely mm-hmm. as he was meant to be pursued, mm-hmm. you know, in our mind at the time. Yeah. And we loved I, I still am always going to say I loved our church. I felt that it was such a nice change. Everyone was super authentic and the people were different. Mm-hmm. Not everyone was exactly the same. Right. I thought, which was a big change from yeah. crew where it felt like all the people who were involved were like clones of each other. Yeah. But, um, it was, yeah, I, I think like we really craved that authentic, mm-hmm. like living for Jesus, like just like, spiritual life yeah and that's not what we were getting in campus crusade for christ yeah so what about you guys did anybody else experience any of these things when they were involved with crew um if you were a man did other men call you stud or were men referred to as studs (laughs) (laughs) we want to hear your experience it's like i said i've I've never talked to anybody who has had this experience in crew except i think one person messaged us on reddit and they were like, wow, I've never heard anyone have this experience before. About crew? Like, yeah, I think a comment or something. But yeah, so we have, I know there's one person. Oh, nice. Yeah, if there are more of you who can relate to this, uh, yeah, we'd love to hear your We'd story. love to it's know. Yeah, 
we get a lot of messages and the theme of them is basically like, hey, I'm so glad you said this because it sounds exactly like my experience and it helps me to know I'm not crazy. And we feel the same when we get your message yeah. because even right now I like I'm just I'm coming I'm thinking about me as a old my old Christian self listening to me right now, like shaking my head, you know, and I can't like, like am I understand. crazy? Like yeah. was I just rebellious? Am I just sinful? You know, am I just a terrible girl? Like am I just right. bad with authority? And I mean, those are all the reasons I have those thoughts is because I read the Bible and I went to church my whole life. But mm-hmm. like it's still hard to shake. Right. So yeah. like when you guys message us and tell us that you also feel the same way, it helps us heals so, so much. much yeah 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 so yeah thanks for listening to our story we wanted to tell you guys um i'm not sure where everybody is coming from who's listening but if you haven't checked out our instagram um you should we're on there at born dot again dot again yeah and we are having some good discussions on there um yeah it's been really great yeah like, posting stuff and hearing your guys thought about it and commenting back and forth and messages and stuff. So yeah, if you're coming from somewhere else and haven't checked us out on there, check us out on there. Cause yeah. um, we're checking that all the time. We recently had a really good one about swearing um, where we talked about how <laughs> it was super hard for us to learn how to swear. Cause Joe and I like for some reason had, we never ever swore. And it's like, for a while, it was super actually physically hard to produce the sound of swears, like out of our mouth. Like it feels like I, I joked like that. It's like saying Voldemort. Yeah. Like how like in <laughs> Harry Potter, people can't say Voldemort, yeah. but like we got so many good comments on there. So you should add like a comment, like to say if you felt the same way. Yeah. Um, literally one of the best parts about the podcast so far is that some, some person who follows us thought that our account was like a satire or a fake and he was like you guys seem super naive and unworldly and we're like literally yes <laughs> yeah. thank you so much for saying so because yeah. that's how we felt when uh-huh. we came out of this it was so funny yeah yeah. i was like oh my gosh and he's like i had no idea that people actually believed it this deeply right like, oh yes yeah. they do was, oh yeah, yes they do perfect. my friend <laughs> yeah so actually that was <laughs> it turned at first i was a little thrown off by the comment but then i was like Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It really reaffirms the reason we're doing this. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So check us out on Instagram. Check us out on our website if you haven't. It's bornagainagain.co. We have some good resources and blog blog posts. And I really want to write more. And all these episodes, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So thank you so much for listening. And I hope you check us out on all of our other social medias. And we'll catch you next time.